Welcome to the Be Kind to Yourself podcast. My name is Juliana Parker, and I'm delighted and honored to be your host. The goal of this podcast is twofold. My first goal is to increase your awareness of ways you can show yourself self-compassion and grace. My second goal is to send you a virtual high fiver hug to remind you of your power and strength as a human. Each episode, we will discuss the nitty-gritty of what it means to be kind to yourself through guest interviews and actionable tips and strategies. I really appreciate you being here as I know how busy life can be. I hope you will consider subscribing, and as my dad would say, let's get rolling. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Be Kind to Yourself podcast. I'm so happy you're here. So today, I am super excited and extraordinarily grateful to welcome my guest today, Candice Lopez. I'm so excited to have this conversation with Candice. And so welcome, Candice. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really honored to take part in this. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm very honored to have you here with me today and to have our listeners learn about you. So on that note, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself? Oh, sure. Yeah. My name is Candice Lopez. I'm Dr. Candice Lopez. My Instagram handle is at needle n, like Nancy Leaf. I have a doctorate in Chinese medicine and acupuncture with a specialization in integrative medicine. Um, I also have two degrees in anthropology where I studied medical anthropology and um, medical systems and medical systems integration and the lived experience of acupuncturists who specialize in fertility treatment in Southern California. So yeah, that just, that sounds like a lot to me. I don't know. (laughs) I love it. But also I've been in private practice in Seal Beach since 2017 and just been there ever since. My training, I got to do longitudinal research and pain management at uh, UCLA. And I just, my education has been the thing that has really captured my attention for most of my life. And it's just been so, so wonderful to build a relationship with the knowledge and with the training itself. And um, cause that's eventually what happens. You know, you, you have it's, it's not really a job. It's more like you use this as a vehicle to learn about life itself. So it's, it's pretty profound. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, I do follow you on Instagram and I've learned so much just as a follower on Instagram that, like you said, the information you share, the perspectives, um, it's, some of the things have just like been so eye-opening to me in the realm of the work you do as a medical professional with all the different clients that you see and the different needs and concerns. And I'm wondering, what does the concept of being kind to yourself mean to you? Since this is the topic of our podcast, what does that mean to you personally and professionally? Well, there is, (laughs) <laughs> I know you're like, where I should I start? A lot. Yeah. I, <laughs> so much. Um, I, I think that I'll start with like a professional, um, uh, angle to it because it's, it's easier to, to start that way. And then I kind of narrow it in personally because my, my professional training influences so much of who I am as a person. So the thing I think is most interesting about treating 
patients with chronic conditions or chronic pain or something that impacts their life in a really significant way is that I'm able to sit and and talk with them about what they actually want out of life and what they think is possible in life. So it's not me inflicting what I think life should be on a patient. It's more like they're telling me what they are interested in and I want to help meet them there. Because I see with a lot of cases that maybe they're having some interventions done from another aspect of medicine that it's, these interventions are fixing the blood work, so to speak, but they're not improving the patient's quality of life. So that's, that's really compelling to me. And that kind of comes, comes back to understanding what the desires of the person I'm in front of are like what are those desires and like how can I help them meet them instead of what I think is possible for them in the future so it's just being really honest and self-aware about what they want and how I can help them but that also translates personally into accepting what what I want unequivocally so if I'm not self-aware enough to understand where my motivations are coming from there's no way I can move forward in my, my own life or in my profession. Mm-hmm. So like, it's sort of like a self-reflexive kind of a thing. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really powerful. That perspective that you share. And I, I'm wondering whether it's for yourself, Candace, or just, especially you see clients in these very raw, vulnerable moments, many, as you said, with chronic pain, really struggling in life, how does self-compassion figure into this equation? Why do you think that perhaps we as humans struggle with self-compassion? And for you, if you don't mind sharing, have you struggled with this yourself? I think when I was younger, I did because I saw everything I wanted and I wanted to do it right away. Mm. Um, And I, I never felt like it was going fast enough, but now that I'm, you know, I'm basically in middle age. um, I don't really have that negative voice in my head anymore. That's constantly driving me. Like I think I once did. You know, and the voice that's in my head now is like, oh, you know what? If you need to take a break, go ahead and take a break. Um, You can do it and you can try this or you're doing fine and there's no rush. You know, because I think as as a younger person, I was, I could see more that it was, how do I want to say it? I'm sure you'll edit this part out, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. I, I love, I love all of it. It's. There, I think there are two things. Like it's easy for me before to think that I could do it alone, mm-hmm. but my life became so colorless, you know, and it, it's a little bit of like giving up control to have that self-compassion and then, you know, deciding what I wanted a daily life to look like and how work would fit into that instead mm-hmm. of trying to jam all the stuff I wanted to do around work. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes as an adult, I think we have to ignore our responsibilities to have that like mental peace. Mm-hmm. So the self-compassion 
I have is, is generated from difficulty really. Mm-hmm. And learning how to have a life in spite of the challenges and not taking challenges is something that are, how do I want to say it? Like it's something to tear you down and there's a way to move around whatever shows up in, in your path. Even if you, even if I couldn't see it at the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of going off the script a little bit here, I'm wondering within the model of Chinese medicine with which you practice in acupuncture, and I, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this question, but I'm wondering how does, how does self-compassion or a lack rather of self-compassion show up in the body? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all related body, brain, soul, but I'm wondering for you as a Chinese medicine practitioner, a doctor, acupuncturist, how does that show up in, in patients' lives and how does it impact their health? Oh, well, for us, it's the heart and the pericardium involvement that that's where the consciousness is stored. So those two meridians, functional attributes in the body. Um, it's not just the organ itself. It's everything that that organ influences and touches. So the lack of self-compassion can unsettle the finer attributes of the consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it can make it, it, it can guide actions and behaviors to be um, inappropriate in the moment. Mm-hmm. So you'll see that show in a number of different ways. Um, so when we talk about the spirit, the, the human spirit, the shen, you can see it in a person. You can see it in their connection to the conversation. You can see it in the connection in the eyes. Um, mm-hmm. You can see it as the person being present and aware and engaged with their own mind, but also with the person in front of them. Mm-hmm. And if that becomes disturbed, um, you'll see things like insomnia, Mm -hmm. you'll see a destabilization of the personality. There'll be some unpredictability and lack of stability in the person. You'll see, it'll look in your line of work sort of like, you know, vagal nerve theory? Yes. Mm -hmm. It'll look like a combination of sympathetic over arousal, but Mm -hmm. also over time it'll become to the point where you can't, where a person can't rest and relax and recover from the challenges that they face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of always be on like alert, like, you know, in kind of like the fight or flight kind of mode in a sense. You'll, you'll see some of that. And mm-hmm. also that there, there'll be a person in front of you, but the person won't really be there. Mm-hmm. There'll be a disconnection from their personal will and what they actually want in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we diagnose that through a number of different ways. We look at the tongue, we feel the pulse, we do palpation. We take a medical history because these problems that people want to address don't show up overnight usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's important to address that itself because the health of the entire system is based on what the brain is telling it to do and how it's being informed by the environment around it. Mm -hmm. So the body is basically translating the external world to the internal environment. Mm -hmm. And if 
the body can't accept what's happening in the external world, the internal environment won't be able to respond appropriately. And without getting into too much Chinese medical theory, like that's like, that's a lot of what I can see in, in people. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's difficult to meet the challenges when somebody is exhausted. Yeah. Or when somebody doesn't have a physical um, care, an idea of physical care that meets, you know, a basic adult need. Mm -hmm. So I call those things the big six. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, a person has to be able to shower every day and sleep every day and drink water and find a sense of comfort and eat food and, you know, these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And speaking of it, such a perfect segue, Candice, like the big six. um, I think that was fun. What's up? I think that was only. Okay. <laughs> and I'd love to, if there is a missing one, we want to. I want to give the honor of that missing that sixth one too. Oh yeah, food movement. Let me write it down. Water. Okay, so it's shower, sleep, find a sense of comfort, food movement, or body address the body in some way. Sometimes patients are able to do breath work. Mm-hmm. And then drinking water. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So good. We got them. We got them all represented. And it is we if we look at those as like necessary ingredients, you know, in a recipe, a daily recipe. What's oh, your no, recipe? No. Those what? are yeah. Those are basics. Those are basics Basic. for every adult person, mm-hmm. and they just set the person up to be able to enact what they want to enact during that day. Everybody has something that they want in life, right? Yeah. And if they're doing it without, you know, comforting themselves first, it becomes like the behaviors become a little bit not in line with what they would want them to be. Yeah. And, and for you, Candice, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like those, I really appreciate you highlighting those basics, right? That those are just like, the six basics for you, is there like a special recipe that you've developed um, for your own be kind to yourself secret sauce? Are there certain strategies that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it's not going to be like a bullet point kind of a, a list. I mean, I wish I had a top 10 strategies for <laughs> making, making life livable, you know, and, and easier. Um, but I think that it's more about building the relationship to, to the inside reference point. So like, I, I think before, you know, to find out where, where I wanted to go, I would measure myself against somebody else. And now that that's completely gone, you know? So it's sort of like, you have all of this life ahead of you. So how, how do you want to do it? And what, what does the person really want? You know, and that's, I think the hardest thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody, you know, has a hard time saying what they're feeling or acknowledging maybe that they're feeling difficulty and then saying how they want to feel, you know, and mm-hmm. noticing the contrast between those two things can help, can help me personally move forward. Um, and I find that saying things out loud really changes the dynamic, like internally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can 
accept yourself and where you are that day and acknowledge it, you know, because you're you know, sometimes part of the day will not go the way that you want. And then part of the day will be excellent, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, you can constantly restart a day. You can constantly restart a life. Mm-hmm. Like there's endless, endless ways of moving forward, endless, mm-hmm. you know, and, and having that sense of eternity before you is like, you know, endlessly productive and endlessly having options. You know, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said that too, of articulating some of those feelings, you know, the um, name it to tame it philosophy, um, checking it with yourself to see what that like, yeah, saying like, Hey, I'm feeling this, or I'm feeling that, or I'm having this thought um, kind of, I, I love that too. So thank you for bringing that part up as well. Yeah. And there's also, I find it so interesting because there's, once people start to feel some control and they start to feel um, things are changing, there's a sense of resistance. Mm. And it doesn't always mean that, you know, you quote unquote push through the resistance because I don't ever think that reduce that doesn't help the tension around the situation you know so maybe that means a different strategy maybe that means that when somebody is resisting gosh going to sleep maybe they add something to soften that transition into sleep you Mm -hmm. know maybe they'll just go into the bedroom and be quiet for a while instead Mm -hmm. of trying to go from watching tv and being fully engaged in the day to sleep you know what I mean? So a lot of these black and white strategies that I've seen, you know, maybe online or, you know, written as bullet points, I don't think that they're appropriate for every patient. And I don't think they're appropriate um, all the time for me either. Mm-hmm. Because there has to be a, I think that there has to be a softening around how people treat themselves and how aggressive they are with behavioral change, you know, because mm-hmm. ultimately I think that that's what guides health not me doing a treatment one hour a week, you know, it's everything the person does outside of there. Mm-hmm. I just have to say, I love that so much. Like you, that's powerful, a softening around it, even just visually imagining how that shows up in somebody's life or how it could show up, you know, it's just like, as opposed to like black and white and a softening is so Oh, yeah, like I love it. Step, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Maybe take a little like toe forward instead of, you know, trying to shift everything to have it be the way you want it to be. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause you're working with something that's a little bit delicate and likes routine and, you know, the mind is, the mind is resistant to changing things all of a sudden, mm-hmm. usually, mm-hmm. unless you're me, I like huge change like <laughs> you do <laughs> you know, I'm so like it's so funny like that because like once it feels too too predictable I'll just throw something in there that I want to <laughs> play with and um I think I think that that can be hard for people so I just go the other way <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. Well, we all have our different, you know, our, our different ways of thriving and what ignites us or our own recipe, right. Yeah. For what works for us. And I love that. Cause it gives us agency. Like, like you said, initially you were rewinding back. You said maybe when I was younger, I used to compare, use other people as a comparison of, 
what I should be doing, not be doing. Now it's just like whatever works for you works or it doesn't. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a, a condemnation of something outside of myself. It can just be like, well, maybe I'll try this instead. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think that we have to have an opinion about everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, sure. you just do something else. Like you, we can skip the emotionality around it in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Yeah. So I think that that's important to note too, because even that can, can create so much tension or oppositional behavior or whatever. And that doesn't need to, to be part of everyone's life all the time. Mm-hmm. Great. And in your journey as both a, a medical um, professional and as a human, <laughs> are there any favorite resources, books, other podcasts, quotes that have positively impacted you, Candace, and that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, definitely. I, I read all the time. I was um, hyperlexic as a kid. So I've been reading and reading and reading and reading and reading for my entire life. Like I, I, I'm an amalgamation of everything that I've ever read and all the information I've probably taken in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't think that that even has to be forced, you know, cause like I want it to be an enjoyable thing to, to learn about the world and take in information and that kind of stuff. So I think that the things that um, I'm most into now, because I've done so much reading and study around Chinese medicine and around medical anthropology, I read a lot about history. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, cool. I, I listen to the Noble Blood podcast and okay. um, I read uh, Robert Greene's books, like the laws of human behavior. That's a, that's a new one that's come out. I listen to Audible all the time. Um, and I, I really do need the cross-pollination from other fields mm-hmm. and ways of thinking that can drive how to interpret human behavior. I think that that's very important when you're treating the body and how people treat it themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't think that there was a time that I've ever not been interested in um, knowledge, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like learning stuff. I mean, this weekend I'm gonna learn how to make uh, mead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what is that, Candace? I, I gotta know. I'm curious. I beekeeping. Beekeeping. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. So, so cool. mead is um, wine that's made out of honey. So you can make you can make alcohol out of anything, really. And I don't even drink, but like, <laughs> I don't. I just want to learn how to do it because that's important, you know, to mm-hmm. understand the world around you, like a garden and you know, I'm outside a lot and observing the changes in the environment makes it easier to observe how they, how the environment changes people, mm-hmm. you know? So there's, um, there's a lot of that, you know, and seeing how the two integrate together is, is really what, what I do because you can change a body with changing an environment just as easily as anything else, you know? Definitely. Well, that, that sounds really exciting about this weekend. We may have to have you come back on and tell us about <laughs> that experience. And uh, um, oh man, like there's so much <laughs> cool stuff, and it doesn't it doesn't have to take over anyone's life or anything. But you know, just I always say for people to see what kind of makes you go, oh, that might be cool, and then just go try it out. 
Mm. You know, there doesn't have to be a huge commitment or anything like that. You can, you can go around and check stuff out, find interesting things to do until we end our time here on this planet. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that too. You're like, Oh, I love that approach. Right. Like, Hey, that kind of sounds cool. I'll just, why not check that out as opposed to like that it, it has to be a big production or these expectations or, you know, you're just like, okay, I'll try it. I love that. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yes. That's the most freeing. That's the most freeing thing. Yes. You know, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, as we start to wrap up our time and my two final questions are, if you could impart a message to our listeners, and, and perhaps that was it, that you can do whatever you want to do, but if you can impart a message to our listeners, Candace, what would you what would you want them to know or like a takeaway from our conversation today? I would say that every time that there is tension with another person, it's an invitation to look inside. And see exactly why like don't let the line of questioning stop because there's so much knowledge that I think we can all gain from our interactions with the outside world and how it affects us internally mm-hmm. and how it changes um the way that your body feels or or the way that you function the rest of the day like that's when you feel that body cue, it's always, always an invitation to think about it a little bit harder so that it doesn't become something that makes you act without knowing why. Mm. Cause like do whatever you want to do. Right. So, and also like there has to be some self-awareness as an adult of what's happening and, and what that desire is, is driving, you know? Mm-hmm. like that's I don't know I think that that's the best thing I could hope for anyone and for mm-hmm. myself is to know why I'm doing something mm-hmm. and whether you know somebody does it or not isn't really the point mm-hmm. thank you for that and I am wondering Candice if if folks listeners wanted to find out more about you meet with you connect with you how could they find out about you and where's the best place to, to visit, to learn more information about your practice in Seal Beach? Well, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I am, I think that my website, like if people want to actually know what I'm doing and like what I'm up to, they can go to my website, Mm -hmm. um, theneedleandleaf.com and submit a contact form. Like I'm happy to answer any emails or anything like that, that people might have questions on or need, or if they want to know more about Chinese medicine, that's obviously not really within the scope of this, this uh, podcast, but I'm happy to talk with people about that as well. Um, Or maybe make a referral to a practitioner or another doctor if they need that. Um, And I have, you know, you can go on Instagram. I'm always posting stuff on my stories about what I'm doing because my interests change a lot. So I like to, I like to encourage people to, to try new things and really enjoy their lives. You know, it's, it's fun. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And like I said, I, I do enjoy, as I mentioned, following you on Instagram. It's, I've been able to see the neat things you're doing, you know, bird watching and um, gardening and it's inspiring. So I love, I appreciate that about you. So you're, it's fun for me to, <laughs> and it, I know it truly does inspire me where I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. Gosh, maybe I should try that or, you know, so. Yeah. Well, you know, there's so much to be had in a human experience. And I, I, I don't think we're just one thing, you know, mm. and I really like to see people, um, finding what they, they love. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, Candace, Dr. Lopez, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed this conversation with you and I know that our listeners will as well. So thank you for being here today and I wish you all the best and just a message to our listeners, just a, another gentle reminder to be kind to yourself. So thanks again for tuning in and thanks, Candice. Thank you so much. Please note that the Be Kind to Yourself podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for mental health therapy. If you are interested in pursuing mental health therapy, I encourage you to connect with a provider in your area. Thanks so much.